0: Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast Wanna Be NYC with me, your host, Joe Wassel. Fresh new start. Okay, wait, is it a fresh new start? Because it's like Friday. <laughs> so I guess if technically your week starts over the weekend, like European style, I think it's European style, right? Then I guess maybe so. But um, hey guys, how are you doing? I hope that everybody is doing really well. I'm sitting here recording in my office trying to get a podcast out because it's been like what? um, almost two weeks now. So I guess that my schedule is, okay, I still don't have a schedule. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, right now there's so much going on and things that I want to brush up on. Like I want to learn how to play polo. I want to brush up on my French. I want to brush up on my tennis. I want to learn, had a day trade. I mean, there's just so many things that are on my schedule. And so I want to be able to commit to the podcast because obviously, you know, we pay for the hosting and all that stuff. But I also don't want to do it when I don't feel like I have anything to contribute, you know, when I just kind of like doing it because I feel like I need to and not because I want to because it's supposed to be fun and not something that weighs me down, which by the way, is part of the reason why I didn't come on to talk about the Johnny Depp case. And by now we know that he won the defamation case against Amber Heard, And of course that was such a big tug of war. Why? Because... You know, there's credibility situations and there's lack of evidence and there's hearsay and people are pointing the finger. You got her attorney is doing back to back circuit, you know, press conferences right after the trial. Literally, the verdict was read and she was on a plane to New York City, ready to go on the Today Show and just let it out. And you know, to each their own, obviously, um, every attorney is is you know very good at what they each do, whether they win or lose. It takes a lot of hard work to get there. I'm no attorney myself, but you know, I have been in the paralegal program for a very long time, taken several law classes, I've done so many cases, and um, I can't imagine actually being a practicing attorney and just how much responsibility comes with that so With that said, credit needs to be given to Johnny Depp's team for coming in hard. I mean, Camille Vasquez is such an asset to that law firm. And I believe that she was just recently promoted like this week sometime to a partner. She made partner, I believe. So I'm very, very happy for her as she should. Obviously, you know, she came in there and she delivered. She gave... Amber Heard some of the coldest looks we had seen as we know Johnny Depp had stated that he would not look at Amber Heard in the eyes ever again but I mean there was no need because Camille Vasquez said oh don't worry boo boo I got this and as she's sitting there delivering paperwork up to the stand she's just cold you know so anyway where I stand on that I do think that both of them played their part like I said in my Instagram stories I think that they were both abusive towards each other I don't think that they were good for one another maybe at one point in time they must have shared you know some good times as we all do with former flames but it wasn't something that necessarily was going to be for the long run and I think that's just what happened here and you know at the end of the day uh, Johnny Depp's team was able to prove um, what the case was actually about was a defamation lawsuit right saying that what she said about him and his character was not true and or accurate and so his team was able to prove that by all the evidence and all the special experts that they had on the stand and so at the end of the day that's what happened and we did see amber heard almost immediately after the verdict was read she wrote on instagram talking about how you know she felt that this loss was not just for her but for all the women that have been silenced due to some sort of abuse that they've been in at the hands of men and i think that that's a very bold statement and while that is very true and and you know accurate as can be in some situations I do also think that in this particular case with the evidence that we saw not saying like I'm judging them just you know at a glance but with the evidence that we saw I do think that um you know they they were both equally at fault and had the verdict been the other way I think that Johnny Depp would have probably remained silent to be honest or you know just been very minimal about the the loss but in this case you know that's not what happened and we saw a very happy Johnny Depp in London which is where he was when he received the news Um, I believe they stated that he was given the the results of the verdict uh, via Zoom so you know he's out there doing his thing both um, parties were not required to be at the verdict reading, um, just the attorneys and, you know, however, Amber Heard did decide to be there. And, uh, you know, it was it was hard to watch because you could just kind of see it in her face very quickly as that verdict was read that she knew her time was up. Okay, while I'm on the subject of exes and things of the past, something really interesting happened to me over the weekend, which, you know, I feel that I'm a very thankful person and and I, you know, in moments of gratitude, of silence, whether that be when I'm journaling or when I'm in the shower or I'm driving or I'm, you know, getting ready to go to bed, I do stop and reflect on my life and the good things. You know, I think that I've been through some really hard times. I mean, before the age of 25, which I think is something that most people that have met me in this chapter of my life don't know that I was um, married, divorced, engaged, and remarried before I was 25 years old. And so I've been through a lot and, and even before that as a child, you know, I, I feel like I grew up by the time that I was six I was already a tiny adult and uh, you know it's it's hard that has its challenges in itself and everybody has been through something traumatic in their life that they growing into so that they can heal through and it's a lot it's it's a lot to process but I think that it is easy to forget when everything just is going good and, and just very pleasant um, of how far you've come and, and where you've been and so Um, I posted this on my private Instagram with uh, close friends, and I just said, you know, I had taken a picture, like it was like a four square shot, and it was a photo of my husband and my daughter on the floor drawing my sons, my twin boys were playing in their play yard, and um, I had just made fresh guac, and I was listening to a 90s playlist, and I kid you not, almost as soon as I took the last shot of the boys in their playpen, I just got this like weird sentimental feeling and I was like like it hit me like I am at such peace you know and kind of stopped what I was doing and I went over and I hugged Mike and I was like thank you for like letting this part of me heal and he was like yeah like I'm sure he had no idea what I was talking about in that very moment because you can pour out your soul to your husband and he can be absolutely a wonderful listener But he will forget, especially if you just do it like very randomly like I did. He was like, "Um, "Okay, yeah, you're welcome. No big deal. (laughs) You know, but in that moment, all of the therapy sessions that I had over a span of a year and a half with my first counselor, Rick, um, flashed before my eyes and i thought of this one very specific moment i remember sitting on his chair being gutted and this is just like the really fast recap for those of you that don't know the story um i feel like i used to be a little bit more vocal about it now it's just kind of taken a back seat you know obviously i i discuss it or bring it up rather if um you know there's somebody who's going through a similar situation and i want to encourage them but i don't really discuss it I guess as much as I used to. Um, I married the first boyfriend and only boyfriend that I had ever had very young when we were like 19 years old and um, anyway we had been together quote-unquote boyfriend and girlfriend since we were like 12 years old and um, we were married for about a year and long story short he ended up you know cheating on me, he walked out on me, left me with all kinds of bills. Um the relationship, you know, was very abusive, uh physically, emotionally, verbally, um spiritually. You know, it was like almost within weeks of us having gotten married, it was very quickly leading up to, you know, what would be a divorce. Um, like I said, before the age of 25, significantly before the age of 25. And so um, it was hard, you know, it was really, really difficult. And um, I mean, I had such dark days, like I can't even begin to tell you. And the thing is that my friends, my close friends who know the story, know exactly all of the hardships that he put me through. Um, Just really ugly stuff that you would think I, you know, pulled out of thin air and wrote it. Just because I thought it would sound juicy. I mean, there's sometimes certain things that still trigger me, and that's something that I've been able to work through, you know in in the last you know ten years or so. but it's still hard sometimes. And so anyway, I remember just being gutted from everything that was happening in my life at the time and sitting on the chair in in the room, you know with Rick, my first therapist, who by the way, I, till this day love so dearly I haven't seen him obviously or spoken to him in years but if for whatever reason in his crazy world he was listening right now I would just say Rick I cannot thank you um and Sebastian Sebastian was my boss when I worked for the police department and he was the one who kind of linked us together and was like hey like I think you should go to see him you know it's and he offers therapy and it's free and um anyway I would just say thank you so much um for really just speaking words of wisdom into my life and never being um pushy in the sense that this was a bible-based counseling and it never made me feel like I was you know being singled out or being Talked down to because of the situations and or the choices that I had made in my life, and um, you know this very moment I will never forget. Like I said, I was sitting in his chair and I was devastated. I just remember I would walk in there and just grab as many Kleenexes as I could and just you know just have them ready because I knew the second I would start speaking, like the tears would just start rolling down my face, and so. You know, I I remember sitting in his office and we were talking and I was just crying and he said to me, how do you not know that God wants to give you exactly what you want? Just not right now. And I'm never going to forget that moment because over the weekend, fast forward years later, three children later, one wonderful husband later, it made sense. Like I am living what Rick had told me that I would in the sense of you know god puts certain desires in our hearts and we have to work our best to try and 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 get there you know and and sometimes they're not meant to happen right away you know it's it's like a street light sometimes it's Green for go. Sometimes it's yellow for not right now, and sometimes it's red for not at all. And at the time it was yellow. However, I wanted it to be green, but it just was never going to be green because it wasn't meant to be with that person. And so I just cannot even tell you how much gratitude I had in my heart that I just like broke down crying in just gratefulness and thankfulness and being. Thankfulness? Is that? Yeah, thankfulness. <laughs> and just like being overjoyed at the fact that it wasn't at my time. And timing is everything. You hear people say that all the time and talk about it all the time. Like timing is this and timing is that. And it really, really is. Timing is absolutely everything. You can't rush things. You can't, you know, make things happen. And when I say like God puts desires in our hearts and it's up to us to want to make it work. I think that while that is true, you know, God will only allow us to pursue up to a point that aligns with his timing because his timing is divine. Um, And very easily when you step outside of that divine timing, divine space, things, you know, you open the door for things to go very wrong. Uh, Take it from me take it from me. So, um, yeah, that's something that happened to me over the weekend that really just kind of like grabbed me by my bootstraps and made me realize like, whoa, and everything else from this point forward, like whatever else that I want, because God has put those desires in my heart, like it, it'll come to pass when it's supposed to, how it's supposed to, you know? And so anyway, that kind of just sent me into a spiral of thinking back to that season of my life. And then, you know, obviously I kind of like started turning the page and it was like uh not so great because I remembered a lot of other, you know, negative situations and, and, and people that were not really for me at that time. And and even now, you know, some of those friendships have completely dissolved and, you know, we don't talk, we don't text, we don't follow each other on social media or anything like that. And um, that's okay, you know. One very specific friendship that comes to mind, and I will try and be as like discreet as I can because obviously we still have a lot of mutuals and I just don't want to be like that person you know but these are things that happen directly to me it's not gossip it's not hearsay it's factual um you know at the time like I said I was going through a really dark period where I was divorcing all my friends were like going off to college and were taking trips and were you know staying out late drinking doing this doing that and um I was, you know, on the floor of my bathroom, crying, having panic anxiety attacks, wondering if my ex husband, you know, husband at the time, was gonna come home, where he was, who he was with. Um, sometimes he didn't come home. Um, you know, sometimes I would just get random text alerts from the bank saying he spent, you know, a hundred, two hundred, five hundred dollars at the steakhouse, at the golf course. I mean, it was just, you know, it was it was a lot of stuff, um, and of course like finding emails between him and the girl who by the way you know I don't know if this is something I can now say um at the time she was not necessarily an adult take it how you will it is wild okay and so anyway i had a friend at the time who um knew all of the bits and pieces you know she knew the details of why, when, where, how, Um, many of times she was supportive in the sense of making sure that I was eating, making sure that he hadn't physically harmed me to the point where I couldn't contact my family members or friends and um, just, you know, I can definitely say that she was there for me a lot Um, Where things kind of went wrong was that after everything was finalized and I was, you know, getting myself together, moving on with my life and trying to find, you know, the way to turn the next page. I began to experiment with alcohol in the sense of I was using it to cope because it was painful. I mean, this person and I had been best friends, my ex um for years i mean we we grew up together, we were in elementary school in junior high, high school or early you know or rather late teen years, early twenties. We were together, and so it was like a death I mean it was so difficult, and so gradually, I started to depend on alcohol. And um, I was drinking every single day. Um, My parents had addressed it with me, you know, like we do not want you bringing alcohol in our home because eventually I did move back home. And um, they were like, we just don't think that, you know, it's good for you to do that in our home and we don't want you to do that. So I started sneaking it in and I was drinking Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and every other moment in between. And I remember telling this former friend, like, I think I'm going to stop because not only am I spending all of my money, but it's becoming a problem now. And I don't feel good when I do it. I like, you know, physically, you know, you're hungover. Like I was still working Um, when my ex walked out on me. He left me with all of the bills. He went, he like left me, walked out, it was a Saturday, went straight to the bank and withdrew all of the money. Left me with literally like ten dollars to my name, and um, you know I was still required to uphold my end of the lease. Which at the time we were married, so even though he was no longer with me, I still had to take care of everything. And so, you know, I was not in a good financial place, and all of my money was going to alcohol. And like I said, this friend knew everything about the situation because you know, we were close and she was someone that I confided in and she confided in me. And so I remember very specifically, um, going out one weekend with her and a couple of her friends from school. And, um, you know, I wasn't drinking. And at the time before I had three kids and a husband, I was, you know, very petite and I was always, not in the sense of oh my gosh it was so beautiful no but I mean you know guys talk to me and and um, I guess what I'm trying to say is they would always use me as the middleman to try and get guys to come over and talk to us whether we were at the bar or at the restaurant or however and so when I kind of just decided that I wasn't going to drink anymore I very specifically had said this to her privately um, a few days before that I said you know I think that I'm finding myself in a really tight spot with alcohol I'm you know, drinking too much, it's getting out of hand financially, it's not a good decision for me. So I just don't think that I'm going to do that anymore. And so, um, she was like, yeah, I agree. I think that's smart. That's what you should do. And then one night we all went out and she would always drive us and we would have such a nice time with her friends. And I met so many fun people, um, because she had all these college friends that I didn't. She was in school at the time and I wasn't. And so, you know, we were just hanging out, having a good time. And, um, I remember she stopped in the middle of the dinner and she just looked me in the eye and said, uh, I don't like it when you don't drink. You are more fun when you're drinking. And at the time, I think I just kind of blew it off. But then, you know, as the weeks went by, and then eventually, you know, we had a falling out, and then we uh, were friends again, and then we had another falling out. That was one of the first things that I told my therapist in 2020 when I went through a clinical depression. Was how badly that had cut me I mean it really hurt me to think that somebody who said they cared about me and somebody who I deeply cared about and was like a sister to me would have known you know because I was so open with her about my struggle with alcohol and the fact that I was becoming an alcoholic and that she would still go as far as to tell me to my face yeah well you're not really fun when you don't drink And she was so boy crazy at the time. And I think I can say that now because it's been several years since then. She was so boy crazy at the time that I remember we would go out and she would be angry if the waiter was in her eyes, quote unquote, speaking more to me than was to her. And I think it was all around the situation that, you know, I'm no longer drinking, which means I'm not, you know, I don't have any liquid courage in me. So I'm not necessarily going out talking to guys or putting myself in a situation where men wanted to come and talk to us at the table. So now she's not meeting boys. Now it's a problem and whatever, X, Y, and Z. But the point is that, you know, life goes on. And whatever it is that you're going through right now, just know that you'll look back and think like, I'm so glad that what I thought I wanted, I didn't need in the long run. And I really hurt for that friendship for so long. For so long, I hurt for that friendship because, um who I am as a person, and I think those close to me know, is I am loyal AF. You are having X, Y, and Z moment of your life, and you absolutely need me to be there. I'm going to be there. Um, I am loyal to a fault. I really am. And I always, always get myself in situations. I'll always, always I cannot even stress that enough I always get myself in situations where I feel let down because I feel that we attract people that are opposite to us very much so and so a lot of the people in my life their biggest qualities is not necessarily loyalty you know and so um that's not to say, like, that makes me an amazing, wonderful person, because it doesn't. Like, I'm not that great of a friend in the sense that, you know, it'll take me years to call you back, like I said, or I'll have to flake out or something, or I will say something that's, like, too direct and, like, comes off kind of, like, standoffish and mean. Like, I, I get that, you know, like, I'm not, like, the greatest person ever, but I am definitely loyal, and so um, I was so loyal to this person and, and this friendship, and gosh, it hurt me so bad when things, um, fell out the second time and I knew that eventually the day was going to come where I needed to move on and I needed to understand why. When it did come, I was like, wow. Let's fast forward to several years later, okay, and I find myself pregnant with my twin boys and um, I get a message, a text message from this person um and they say to me in the message like I saw on Instagram through my, you know, XYZ account. Um, you know, your real popped up with your pregnancy reveal and I'm so happy for you. Um, but just so you know, this message does not mean that I want to be friends with you ever again because I don't think that that's a good idea, but congratulations. So, I was like, um Okay, so I blocked this person and um, I decided to just let it go. That was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back, because had we had the opportunity to talk about what happened back in the day, I would have said like, look, I don't think that you understand how much you hurt me when you were upset that I no longer was drinking. Like I was really in a bad Place, which is something that I don't talk about the alcohol part as much because now that I'm you know older and obviously, hopefully, I hope wiser. I am able to enjoy a couple of drinks here and there. I am able to be like, hey, let's go out. Let's have a drink. I'm very much a social drinker and rarely, rarely do I drink at home um, by myself or with my husband, you know, and so it's obviously, you know, you have to kind of have your limits and you have to draw the line, the boundary and just say, okay, after this, I'm, I'm not doing that because I don't ever want to be where I used to be, right, and so I wish that we would have had at least the chance to sit down so I could say to her, like, look, um, and I did. That's the thing is like I petitioned so much, like for two years almost, I petitioned for us to get together and, and um, you know, talk and, and come to some kind of resolution because I never really understood what went wrong, you know, to my understanding of anything, I never got to say to her like, look, you kicked me when I was already down. I trusted you. I was loyal to you. And I was so deep in, in this alcohol problem and you did nothing but push me down deeper you know but with that text message that this person sent to me um two years ago it kind of was like the closing chapter like it made me realize why we are not friends and the fact that we don't ever need to be friends again because you know um we are each capable and and should create the reality in the life that we want but we also cannot forget that we come from a certain place, and who we are now is not who we used to be. And it is important to be a humble person, it's important to remember all of the people that were next to you before you, you know, found yourself in a certain situation or position or whatever. And I don't know, it, it, it's a touchy subject, but it is something that I guess to tie this all up in a bow, it is something that came up whenever I was thinking how grateful I am for the place that I am in my life now and the place that I used to be years ago. I hope that you guys have a wonderful weekend. Thank you for listening to my garbage. Oh my gosh. I just really felt like I needed to share that and I know I'm not the only person who's experienced that. So anyway, I hope that you have a wonderful weekend. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to hear more episodes where I kind of like talk about personal things like let me know I'd be happy to do that of course I promise we will talk about more pop culture stuff next time but as always you know you can follow me on instagram at wannabe nyc as well as on tiktok at joe Wassel. in the meantime don't forget to hit the notification button on whatever platform you're listening to me on and make sure that you rate and review the podcast and as always don't forget do your own thing create your vibe and thrive I'll talk to you soon